are listening to the Josh Trains Me podcast. Get your lipstick on. <clears throat> yeah, just with the lighting, I need to get a good shade. <laughs> What'd you go with? Maroon. Can you Maroon tell? Five? No. Hey. Maroon five. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Levine has us. Uh... <laughs> that would be sort of funny, wouldn't it? Yeah, he's a bit of a babe. Yeah, he's a good looking cat for sure. What do you guys want to talk about? Tell me. Let's jump into you guys had a huge storm. And uh, I just think it's it's really interesting. This is like a great time to sort of uh, reflect on, I don't know, how adaptable we are as humans. I'm yeah. not even poking fun at people that had a hard time with it because I, I wasn't in that position. But uh, it's definitely interesting to see the the differences people you know, kind of adapt to. And some people got totally fucking rocked. It seems like, and some people were totally fine. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, the lack of adaptability is eye opening to me anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, some people are in not great positions at all. Like houses damaged, cars damaged, no power, no water, no access to either. Like it's some people are without power until the middle of June. Oh yeah, they said that. Yeah. Yep. Couple dumbbells never hurt anyone though. <laughs> I was just saying, how are, how do you do, RJ? Like, I I I know it was like one of my clients lives near you, and then my house, which is like a block away, was like unscathed. Like my tenant, I forgot to check in with my tenants. Yeah. Because I I just kept hearing like family, friends, clients, all that stuff, and I was like, shit, like I gotta check on the houses that I have. You and know, then I the tenants were on your house for you too. You did? It seemed, yeah, everything seemed okay down there. Yeah, he, the tenant was like, "Oh yeah, no, we're good." The blue bins didn't even move. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, like those are like five pounds." <laughs> People's fucking like telephone lines are getting knocked down like a block over. Yeah. Yeah, massive trees are down. It's crazy to see. Yeah, um, but yeah, in terms of just the the experience of the storm itself or or like the adaptability of it what just jump into it man i have no real we're just chit chatting yeah you know (laughs) it's um really like we weren't without power for too long so it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal just trying to get some ice to maintain the food for a day but for sure like people have been suffering so it's been trying more so to do whatever i can to help out since then you know like the spa thankfully got back online pretty quickly within uh, a day and a half so that's good because otherwise the float tanks would have been screwed um Mm. you know the the salt can't the temperature of the tanks can't drop that low before they the salt comes out of solution so that was quite lucky. Um, I mean, internet's been on and off, but you can still manage around that. Yeah. But using the fact that we've got four showers available here has been something to help out others. So that's been, that's been a bit more, um, along the lines of my experience, but Mm. you know, there has been like a thought that came to mind. And of course there's a lot of challenges and, and everything but i think and i've seen people lose their minds more over the fact that they don't have their social media 
they don't have access to their you know instagram feed and everything during this offline time and so that to me is sort of the the eye-opening part of it um for sure like the lack of power and the struggles there is one thing um and that's kind of unfortunate but there is there should be some adaptability there but the fact that we can't handle just a few days of of stillness without those digital distractions is to me it's eye-opening mm. Alex, I noticed like, obviously I follow your social media a lot and it, it, it didn't seem like you were phased at all. Like I just saw you like <laughs> re- reading with different light. Like I just saw you with, like, like candlelight instead of, you know, incandescent light. <laughs> but like aside from the damage that it's caused, I like, I love it. I thrive in stuff like this. I, I'm good to go. Um, I feel for people that have a lot of damage or um are struggling obviously it's not easy I mean you have to be adaptable and I'm thankful that I have like I guess the skill set growing up that I'm able to function without hydro or power um Mm -hmm. but in terms like yes I agree with the social media obsession it's a bit much but at the same time a lot of people myself included have online business Mm -hmm. that we need the internet for so it's frustrating in that way, but at the same time, like completely out of our control. So I've just tried to maintain that mentality and do what I can. So how did you, how did you sort of, how did you shift or did you just say like, guys, like everyone's in the same boat. So I can't, we can't communicate or can't train. Um, so I would go to a place where I knew I had better service to communicate with clients and then like hot swap my phone when I can, if I can. Yeah. Yeah. Just try to be adaptable with it, do a little bit more in-person stuff. Um, it hasn't affected obviously like my stretching business or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just seeing what I can. A lot of people don't have that skill set, right? Like they don't have that even mindset of adaptability. So to be able to help people in that situation has been good too. So I think on my social media, I'm trying to post that there are alternatives and it's not all mm-hmm. like, woe is me or complaining or. Right. Whatever. Um, what I, I'm like really, you guys can just jump in. This isn't a question for either one of you. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm wondering where uh routine like the spectrum of routine and adaptability because I'm hearing like routine is really helpful beneficial for all of us but once that gets rocked a little bit when like when we're actually able to be adaptable then that means that we're able to adjust our routine and I'm like I'm trying to figure out like where where those things fit if they kind of fit on the same spectrum or not because I know like us three, we happen to be very routine people, but how does that lend itself to adaptability when adaptability is not being, it's, it's being able to change routine frequently, I guess, or in a big way without getting totally rocked. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty fortunate in town anyway. Like we still, everything is pretty much open except for those little pockets that are suffering so the gyms are open so you can go there and shower and go there and heat up our food um so there's not that much adaptability needed on a like individual team level but yeah i think for some people they're just completely thrown right so they don't have if their routine is set in a way that's not adaptable then they're going to completely struggle so that's that's a good point i'm like wondering how do people so that that's key so how do people approach or how do people perceive their routine so that it's 
has some like wiggle room built in. Like, what are your thoughts on that? We're th- by the way, people listening, like we're all coaches, Alex, RJ, both coaches. I'm a coach. We're all trainers in different ways. So we're, we're talking about the same thing. So uh, to me at the, the root of both routine and adaptability is there's that inherent resilience there, right? So whether you want to call it grit or whatever else, but if, if you're building, if you're building routine, it takes grit, it takes persistence and perseverance in order to actually build that routine, that habit of it. And at the same time, because that's building resilience in one aspect in an, in another, I can see how that is leading to being more, at least having the same mindset behind being adaptable when you need to. Now, for sure, there's different, like, you know, some people are super caught in, in routine. That's like, that's what they do. And they really love to have that routine and it can throw you off a little bit when you no longer have the same routine. But I do think that the same underlying skill that it takes to build up a routine is the same one that leads to being more adaptable. And that's all really around like growth mindset. Mm. So the same skill to build a routine is the same skill for being able to be adaptable. I think that, that right. I think this, yeah, exactly. The same underlying, you know, um, like traits can lead to one or the other. Right. That I'm like, I'm like caught in the nuance of that. I'm, I'm kind of still like, how does that, how does that actually make sense? Cause I don't understand it fully. I'm like, for someone to be like locked into a routine is, you know, it's great and they can get all those things done and it's perfect. And that would be someone that, um, you know, is able to follow a, a, a ton of things. But yeah. when one thing, like there's lots of examples of people, family, friends, clients, I got a software update. That's a good time. Yeah, no worries. I think, uh, Josh, you and I have more of a similar approach than I think RJ does with clients in this situation. Yeah. Like for clients, for me, that I like, that's the first thing I ingrained into them is adaptability and building habits, right? So when things like this happen, I've talked to some of them and they're just like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm like, okay, well, what do you mean you don't know what to do? <laughs> they're like, well, my fridge is going to get warm pretty soon. I'm like, okay, do you have any coolers? No. Have you tried to find coolers? No. Okay, so that's step one, right? Whereas I think RJ would go into it with more, I don't want to say caring approach, but just a different approach where you and I are like, okay, what's the problem? Here's the solution. <laughs> and I think so everyone has a different approach to things like this when your routine gets thrown. And so for me, it's like, okay, problem, solution. Let's figure out how to get to that solution the fastest, most effective way. And I think sometimes that might come across as insensitive, but if you know me, you know that that's not my intent and I would never yeah. mean it that way. It's just like, let's go from point A to point B the most efficient way possible with yeah. least disruption to your routine. Yeah. You don't need to be in a rut. Let's get you out of this thing. Right. Yeah. And a lot. And that's what I'm seeing is a lot of people being like, well, I had to have cereal for breakfast today. I'm like, but did you, like, <laughs> did you have to have dry cereal yeah. for breakfast? 
I chose to have cereal for breakfast. I made totally. a decision. And I, I get it. Like we don't all have the same access to different things, but that's what RJ, like he's been so helpful for so many people. And I think that's key in these situations is being as helpful as you can with the resources that you have. Yeah. And also asking for help if you need it. Hmm. I guess that's also, we have the benefit of, you know, how or our clients do. And, you know, you and I, you, you, you guys and I both work with coaches. Sometimes we have our own coach, but that is the benefit of having a coach to like, you can pretty much drop the ball and they're going to like really fucking help you pick the ball up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty key. Can we jump into your guys' uh, Spartan race? This was a pretty exciting thing you guys were training for. Uh, I don't know, a little bit. <laughs> somewhere on the yeah i know i'm even like i'm like maybe that word's not even right you guys booked (laughs) you booked an event (laughs) and you exercised up until it (laughs) he was doing more of like a focus on some of like the obstacles like he was doing a bunch of pull-ups and like push-ups and landmine stuff and i would just be like watching him from the other side of the gym i'm like we're going in blind (laughs) rj you look kind of pissed right now (laughs) no no like well i just realized i did not um i did not like even close to prepare for (laughs) like yeah yeah are you upset at that no i'm not upset at it i'm just um it's really hard to um like i i just don't understand so um i i my best understanding of what happened with it. I mean, really, I, I really, I can't complain too much. Cause uh, I mean, doing, doing the 10 K in, in two hours and 52 right. seconds, minus all the penalties for skipping the burpees. Uh, there were probably oh, a lot of penalties there. You skipped but the burpees? For the most part, I was, I was struggling after like, I, I was struggling within the, like from the, the starting line. Yeah. Um, like my heart rate was at 165 or higher for the entire two hour extent of the rate. And what's your resting heart rate? Like 50? Uh, yeah. Like 52. Jesus. So, um, and that's like, yeah. <laughs> that's usually like, I, I know like my performance dip, um, endurance wise happens above 165. Mm. So like my, I, like I need to be below that to like recover, like restore energy. Mm. Um, otherwise I'm in that, like that, yeah. Where you start to, you know, run out of it. Yeah. You're in your like anaerobic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you have to yeah. keep going for two hours. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I think, <laughs> Like the only thing I can explain is 10 years of, of strongman competitions where like when the starting line goes, like you put every bit of effort into it and it must just be like ingrained in my system that that to kick on adrenaline at a hundred percent. And, um, that's unless I'm just really that out of shape to run Hills, which is also possible because <laughs> there were a lot of Hills and it sucked. <laughs> like, yeah, Oh. having to crawl having to like crawl under the barbed wire up the hill like was just hard for me oh is that a thing under barbed wire up a hill yeah there's there's the barbed wire crawl but because we're on a ski hill for this race mm-hmm. they make you do it uphill All right that's nice of them yeah 
Um, okay, can you guys explain what the race was? It was a 10K Spartan. What's Beast? Bitch? I, What's it called? Spartan Bitch? The Spartan Super. Oh, the Super. I don't know which one Beast is. Beast might be their, their Ultra. Mm-hmm. 20 or 15 or whatever they've got it set at for the that particular race usually i think yeah. it's a half marathon oh yeah you're wrong i could just be making that up I, yeah i think like Good. it depends on which race course it is how long their beast is or their ultra or whatever hmm. but they have a they're usually their 10k is is and they're they usually have their 5k and their 10k which are I think a little more true to those numbers. <clears throat> That's a good point though. Like you're trained, you're kind of trained response. I mean, I know it's not, you're not saying that that's the only reason like Hills. If, yeah. if you, if you haven't trained Hills, they'll just destroy you. Like you'll, they'll spit you out. Like it, it could have been that <laughs> it could have just been that. Like maybe like <laughs> my, my cardio system can't handle that. Uh, but if it was weird to me, like even when I'd stop or rest, like my heart rate wouldn't come down. So that was weird to me. Um, yeah. But anyway, anyway, like the, the races, the 10 K race is 25 obstacles, um, with, with essentially a 10 K, uh, distance for like the total length of the, the race course or the, and how many uh, obstacles? I'm literally just getting a call from like the fucking prime minister here, which sounds ridiculous, but I got to turn that setting off. Do not disturb, even if it's prime minister. He doesn't care. Yeah, fuck, man. Break off. I'm doing a podcast, buddy. <laughs> You're racist. It's sweet when you do get a call mid uh, podcast because then it just skews all the windows. Yeah, it yeah, <laughs> it pulls you over from the the full screen. So I'm just actually working working that out at the moment. <laughs> awesome, thanks, Justin. Okay, let's just keep going. Okay, so you did 10k, tons of tons of obstacles. That's like pretty. That's pretty standard with Spartan, right? That's what they're known for. Like lots of running with some obstacles. Yeah. So you found the hills the hardest and you found your ability to regulate heart rate pretty much super difficult from the beginning. Cause it starts with a hill and your, your kind of subconscious is go hot at the gate. Cause you have like 45 seconds of an event. Right. Well, like I wasn't trying to go hard at the gate, but like, I, I was really, I wasn't like trying to sprint out of the gate or anything, but that's just like, I don't know. But my body did how it reacted. I mean, Alex had no problem with it though. Just to <laughs> say, like she could have finished it forty minutes faster than than what well, she was just waiting around most of the time. Just bored. How did so? How did you she find? She was it, so Alex? bored. She was doing the burpees just to wait until I caught up. I Were you actually? Like, I mean, a couple times. <laughs> I was trying to keep my heart rate like at a moderate level so it didn't cool down too much. <laughs> your heart rate was dropping too low so you had to do more burpees no like some parts of it because it was a lot of mud and quite a bit of water so you get to a point where your clothes are just kind of damp oh and yeah so soggy bottom boys well when, pardon soggy bottom boys something like that yeah i don't do well when i'm cold and i know that so i just try to stay warm just but yeah it burpees. was challenging you and i talked about it on the phone shortly after and it was like 
for me, it was the terrain just because I don't run in long grass and uneven footing and mud. And yeah. I don't do a ton of elevation. I mean, I run outside and do a bit of elevation, but not like the direct uphill and the downhill was probably worse. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I was saying like the whole, <laughs> the amount of times that I said, fuck this, I think <laughs> because I could just feel my knees, like every step I took downhill, cause you're still trying to make good time. Right. And I was like, this is taking years off my squatting life. <laughs> I said that so many times. <laughs> But yeah, it was cool. It's a good experience. The obstacles range, right? Some of them are really easy and some of them were, like I told you, the rope climb for me was like, yeah. I, I'll just get hurt if I even try this because I'm not technical enough to do that. I don't climb ropes. Yeah. So I'll just do the burpees. Like I tried, I gave it a good shot, but I'm not going to push myself to a point of injury. It's not worth it. Right. Um, yeah. You guys are just doing it for fun and like. Yeah. And some of the walls and stuff, like I could get up some of the really high or not, sorry, like the moderate ones but the higher ones he would just like throw me up how did you do on the walls rj um i mean i got over all of them right how high Uh, was the highest wall there there's like an eight foot wall um but then yeah so the highest wall is eight feet um but they are there's that and then there's one that's like you have to climb up with a rope so i think that one's a little bit higher um Mm. And, and then there's a couple that are like climbing over obstacles that are like more like jungle gym style bars up really high. Um, mm. So, I mean, I got over all of them. Um, I kind of threw myself into them because I don't like heights. And so I was like really just scrambling and hanging on for dear life and stuff. <laughs> but um, and, and so, yeah, like somehow I managed to get over, even though my heart rate was still like, pounding i just i think that gives you know that kind of like resets the adrenaline spike almost in in multiple ways being like not a fan of heights and also right giving your full like upper body but i didn't get up the rope climb um there were a couple of like the monkey bar like style obstacles that i didn't manage to do but to me i think like that's one thing I would say none of the obstacles are super challenging. Like if you practiced a little bit, you like knew how to do it. I think that you, it's, I don't think any of them are like extremely hard. So you just, you guys didn't really train for it. That's pretty much what you said at the beginning, right? You like Other than like doing one run outside, I'm hoping that would like suffice for handling the hills. I didn't like, I, I did some, I did try to do more pull-ups, which that could have helped. Um, but I didn't find a rope to try to climb or, or do yeah. any like monkey bar specific stuff. Yeah. It's probably hard finding monkey bars that have like, you know, a nine foot. They're pretty far apart. Like you really had to throw yourself for some of them and I refused oh, yeah? to drop. Yeah. Like you, you're swinging pretty good. My lats are fired right up. Yeah. Good. <laughs> it's good to be fired up. Yeah, I, uh, I, Alex, I was telling you on the phone too, and we talked about this before, but, uh, I met, so I met a guy out here. I met him in a parking lot. He had a Spartan shirt on. So like we quickly got chatting and talking about, you know, some of the hard stuff we've done. And so it turns out like we were like, okay, yeah, we should definitely train together. Cause I don't know anyone here that's into fitness too much other than just going to a gym. And I found out pretty quickly that he's like training for 
for to place at a podium for a Spartan race. Like he's like, I'll definitely get podium, like based on my stats. I know I'll get podium, but I'm gonna go for first. So and he and he's he's exactly like a his body structure is exactly like a guy that we all know who's just an absolute freak with cardio and just like a big person. Like he's not super muscular, it's just his skeleton is like 200 pounds. <laughs> and uh he was telling me some of his like training uh he's like yeah i usually keep around like i think he said what was the wattage he was like i I can usually keep around like 330 watts for an hour on the bike and i was like fuck that's pretty like that's pretty you're really sustaining some power there brother (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like no wonder he can just he's the kind of guy that can just like run through hills because his power output he can just sustain for so long so i could totally imagine that in a spartan setting you have a big dude that's also unbelievable at maintaining a pretty high amount of power over a long term. Like, of course you would just eat people up. Mm. Yeah. Like I think the best time at this one was 59 minutes. Yeah. That's Which, like even just the 10 K with that elevation is impressive. Yeah. It, without the obstacle, yeah. like that to me, I don't know how you, that's, that's running up all the Hills. I don't know how I can't imagine doing that. So even if we look at like a 10 K on flat ground, that's like a, that's an all right time for like a intermediate runner, eh? Like someone that's like getting into running, that's running some moderate distances, yeah. but you're running, it was blue mountain. No, Brimacombe. Oh, Brimacombe. Oh, okay. There's another Spartan that's at blue mountain. That's right. Yeah. That's like their championship for Canada. I think at the end right. of the year. Which you guys aren't sure if you if you made it to the championships. <laughs> Have to double check the result. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I don't see your name at the like, top of the list. Alex the probably heck? could have if she had gone like, you know, yeah, like, I mean, even at the two hours, I was twenty fourth in my age group, but I don't know how many penalties like you know that would have changed it. So like, kind of looking at those numbers, you can kind of imagine i think i i was like 124th overall or something or 134th out of like a thousand people so that's like the top 15 percent um without so that that's kind of cool but yeah i don't know what my all my penalties involved would have put it as the like the ultimate total at and when they when they penalize you for like skipping obstacles or burpees or whatever they just add time to your so overall you're supposed to, like if you're in the competitive group you have to do the burpees other um yeah you have to do the burpees i think if you don't do i forget it's like it's like a 10 minute penalty if you do less than 15 burpees like in total um, or at a time per per obstacle they get so 20, 10, they give you 20 minute penalty. Did you say 10 minute penalty? If it's less than 15 burpees, you have to, and it's 30 burpees is the penalty for the obstacle. So you either do 30 burpees or it's like, I, I think that's like, there's, you could look up the rules to be sure. But right, right. so if you do it 15, anything less than 15, it's 10 minute penalty. Or I think it's like 30 seconds per burpee. If it's like, say you do like 24 burpees. And then you continue on. Yeah, that's hard for me to fathom because I'm like burpees take like three seconds, like maybe five when you're tired. So I'm like, why would you sacrifice 10 minutes? 
man, it takes it, like I, I can see that it takes me like 20 minutes to do <laughs> does it so that oh, you're at that it, point it, you're like cool. the 10 minutes it's worth it like for me uh, I I mean I don't think I think more it's just don't fail the obstacles <laughs> yeah totally I guess that's the first thing yeah yeah uh, or gotcha. or if I actually wanted to be competitive it's like get better at doing burpees so that yeah it's not that big of a penalty but like I don't know when I'm tired, it's like 10 to 15 seconds per burpee. Yeah. Fair enough. Alex, how would you train for this different? Like if you were going to go into it, like, would you, would you train for it again? Like, would you um, want to compete in it again? I, like it was a cool challenge. I'd probably do it again. Um, if I were to go at it, like in a competitive nature, I didn't like, I went in completely unprepared, but I like a good challenge. So that's kind of my jam. Um, to prepare for it differently, I would do elevation running for sure. And on that kind of terrain, um, and maybe like a rope climb, get better at a rope climb. But that was, that's all that I could really think of how I could functionally train differently for it. Those two things. Mm. Um, everything else is okay. Like the distance is fine. Elevation is hard, but it was mostly the terrain, as I said, like my ankles and my hips for <laughs> the yeah. better part of five days were it. Uh, right off <laughs> honest to god and yeah and because i'm stubborn like i run through it anyway and that made it worse so yeah that's where your like competitive side probably snapped in a little bit i eh? yeah for sure but it, yeah, it's, yeah it's neat it's a cool challenge and for yeah back to your initial question was about a 10k run for most people i would say yeah. like the average person who runs at an intermediate level would be running around like 55 minute to an hour mark right we have pretty good time for a 10k yeah it's a total game changer if you're not used to doing like mixed modal activity with running eh? like that starts to smoke you completely and then yeah to your point rj throwing in a bunch of fucking hills i don't know is hills an understatement like it's it's a mountain it's a small mountain i guess this is a hill yeah so it's a mountain right um pretty significant elevation yeah at a time right maybe not overall but in the little intervals that you were doing yeah I think my like my style of running has always been interval like I'm not a steady state person so I think that's yeah. I adapt better to that kind of environment so I was okay with the running part mm -hmm. but for people maybe you're a great 10k runner straight but throw in the intervals and the obstacles and your heart rate up and down a lot yeah. of people struggle with that, right? It's just a completely different energy system. I don't do, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't do aerobic training. I'm mostly anaerobic. Yeah, I remember the first time I started running with John Whitson because he was used to doing like several hour stuff and he was used to doing trails. And like, I would just be fucking literally, like literally in the dust. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't, my capacity was so low when it started getting a little hilly or trail, like versus just, you know, on a straight line on pavement so different eh? like and that's not even throwing in big hills no. yeah that's really, that's really it's cool to be able to see that and acknowledge that right so people say to me all the time like why don't you run a marathon or why don't you do half marathons I'm like, because i'm not built for that my body does not enjoy like long distance aerobic training i just don't recover well from it i don't respond well to it i'm mm. way better with that like short interval maybe for longer distance, but mostly interval training, anaerobic. Because, mm. yeah, I'd be the same with you as with John. Like, he's just a freak with that stuff. 
Yeah, he's a bit of a monster. Bit of a monster. There, there's also like, you know, there's like developing your weak points too. Cause I don't, maybe this is a question for you guys too. Like we've all been training for a long time. I remember uh, part, part of the reasoning for this question is I was thrown off by this because I didn't realize at one point that you could, that you couldn't tell someone's sort of dominant energy system based on how they looked. Right. I remember Kelly Sturette posted something where he's like, I did my muscle fiber testing and I'm actually most suited for like long distance. And it's like, dude, you're 240. Like, how does that make sense? But he did the fiber testing and sure enough, there's like tons of people like RJ, you're a big dude, like naturally. And you, you could be like, so I'm just saying like, just because you're big or just because someone's more muscular doesn't mean they're going to be better suited anaerobically or sprinting or powerlifting versus long distance. Yeah. which is a bit of a mind fuck, I think. Cause you wouldn't necessarily see that. So where do you think if you thought, you know, if you were just training for something, um, without anything else going on in your life, where do you think you'd be, where do you think you would be like most optimally suited? Is there like an event or like a distance or an intensity or a sport? What do you think? You guys have both done a lot of different like competing and training um like I'm fortunate enough because I did a really cool uh certification at Sheridan like years ago so I had all the fiber testing done you Uh, did yeah yeah yeah. oh so I'm mostly anaerobic like that's kind of my energy dominant system and it's like I know there's genetics in it but I grew up playing soccer and playing volleyball which are both short speed bursts mostly like soccer is a little bit more aerobic Mm -hmm. um but that's just translated like all through my life with the different things that I've been doing. So I think for me, even like things like the Spartan race are kind of right up my alley or the types of training Josh, you and I have done in the past, mm-hmm. like just Metcons and things like that are just, it's more comfortable for me, but mm-hmm. aerobic training is more of a challenge for me. So it's, I kind of like to dabble into both. Mm. So if you were going to like, is this 10 K with, with obstacles does that sound like kind of where you might perform the best out of anything i think so yeah because i still have that ability to because i run 10k so much so the distance isn't the issue it's the obstacles that are the most challenging but yeah i also have that anaerobic recovery like nailed down pretty well which i feel good about Hmm. so i didn't feel like i was struggling too too much bringing my heart rate down before the next yeah interval what about you reg I, um, I actually don't know. I don't think I'm that good at anything to, to say for certain, because clearly it wasn't this 10 K with obstacles. So I don't think, I don't know if that's where I'd be. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, you know, like if you're going to, if you're going to be world-class at, yeah at what, like, like where it would be. Yeah. And I mean, you might recall from the first podcast we ever did together on with you and John asked me, yeah. I said that I was really good at um, like cross country in high school um, or I thought I was, but I also don't know if I was like really that great. I was just able to kind of keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get better, um, but then, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I didn't perform that well. I felt just like my body did not feel that good. Like this, this was pretty miserable for me, I would say. 
Um, like I, and I don't know if there was another factor, like, I don't think that you want to have caffeine before something like this because your adrenaline is going to be spiked anyway. Yeah. So maybe learning lessons like that, maybe I would do better if like I could keep the adrenaline down. Um, I think and, it's a mental component too, though. And like I've done, yeah. Um, I was trying, I was trying to convince myself like I was okay. It was still, you know, it was still miserable, but like, um, I mean, I've done well and strong, man, but would I do better? I don't know. Hmm. So I don't know if I'm world-class there either. Yeah. I, and it's not even so much like the, I, I like the, the phrasing of the question is kind of neat. Cause it's really simple. It's like, if you're going to be world-class at anything, kind of like, where is your strongest niche? But like, I'm like, I, I wouldn't be world-class at anything, regardless of what I'm strongest at. Like there's just people that are fucking way better. Mind you, okay, then Probably. mind you, remember when we did the, the skier 1K challenge and I actually did really well there. Yeah. Um, but I think I got ninth in the world Yeah. for a moment and then like some other people. So I think that could, you know, maybe that like a little bit longer than strongman. Well, yeah, a little bit like something that, something that would last like in the five to eight, five to the four to five four to six minute range <laughs> is that how long it took you to do a k it would have been um, less than that wouldn't it have been no, like no it was or something i forget it was three, like three 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 it was like low threes three, or something. three minutes or something i you, disagree with both of you i think that you guys like went off on so many tangents there if you're gonna be world class at anything it's like 100 your mindset first like regardless of your both your skill set and your genetic makeup or whatever it is I feel like if you're going into something thinking that it's going to be the same as other things that you've done like you're already a step behind right it's like Mm. yeah I don't know I think mindset is a lot more important than everything else especially if it's something new I would say Mm. I don't know maybe that's not a popular opinion but I popular opinions for kids doesn't matter honestly josh like i still the reason that not the reason that so when i first started running and focusing more on running outside of sport Mm -hmm. i remember being on the treadmill and you walking by (laughs) and literally being like what are you doing (laughs) why are you on the treadmill and i was like because i hate it and you're like well why are you doing it i'm like because i want to get better at it you're like right on and you just yeah. carry on with your day and clients and stuff. And I will never forget that conversation. It was literally like six years ago. Oh yeah. And it's because I didn't like it, but I wanted to get better at it because I like that challenge. And that's helped me in all of the other things I've done since. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So you're saying mindset sort of as a you know a hierarchy over the over the gene expression or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you if I signed you up for a Spartan race tomorrow, you'd do it. You do well at it. And you do well in it. Because <laughs> you and I have the same kind of mindset where it's like, well, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go in unbothered and hope for the best. Like, rely on your skill set and your mindset and your grit, I want to say, and resilience. Like, there's a lot of different factors that come into it. But personality is another big part, too. Like, how you view things, how you think about things. Mm. Do you think that is, so let's jump into that for a second, because this is an all pretty interesting stuff. 
how do you feel your mindset like individually how do you guys feel your mindset affected your performance and i know i'm putting this on a pedestal like you guys booked a race for fun but like there's learning from it All right, reggie what do you think i tried to not take it too seriously um did did that happen i don't know because like i i got <laughs> pretty <laughs> excited when the the lady at the the start line started like doing her little spiel on like we are spartan and like everybody starts like i am a spartan <gasps> yeah and like that was so i was like hell yeah i don't know and <laughs> then you kind of get excited and <laughs> and then you can't control it i don't know so i tried not to make it like competitive but um like that's i don't know that's what that's what i'm used to from 10 years of strongman competitions is like you hear the the whistle go to start and like off you go yeah um so and then i really did try like i i uh, like I try, I tried to tell myself that I was like, I kept going, obviously I didn't stop, but like, I did not feel good. I didn't like the whole race. I did not feel good. So to like, I don't know what that means about mindset, but, um, I, I tried to convince myself that like otherwise, and yeah, I kept going, but it was kind of slow. <laughs> so you had to, you tried to convince yourself that you weren't miserable or that you weren't feeling misery or that you weren't feeling terrible? Yeah, I, I tried to like, but like, I like there's at least for me, it's, it's happened in competition too. Like after a truck pull where it took me 40 minutes to recover. Cause like, I felt so sick. So I don't know if that's something. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that is exactly, but hmm. um, when you, at least for me, when I reach that point, like, yeah, I'll get going again, but like, I don't feel as good. I've seen you get into some real like pain cave situations like that are around that, like short, like couple minutes of like high power threshold. Yeah. And it's pretty fucked up watching you, to be honest. <laughs> it's like, it's a little scary. I remember watching you carry the uh, farmer's walks. I'm, I use this as an example, but yeah. I remember like, I remember looking at your face and I was like, that guy is in a different zone right now. And like literally fucking jogging with 500 pounds. So, I mean, I, I think to, to, to answer my own question about you, I think you're right in that. Like if you're world-class at something, I think the mindset piece is really cool. I think Alex, I think this, you could have a whole conversation about this. Um, but I think in terms of like physiology, I think, without mindset i think that's probably where you do best i guess like even thinking about that three minutes on the skier like that took me 45 minutes to get off the floor from afterwards yeah i think i was i was on the ground for a while it i did not feel good <laughs> yeah but again it's like you're willing to put yourself into that during and then recover however long it takes whereas alex you're good at you're saying it's mindset, but you're saying more likely like an hour of like pretty high intense mixed recovery and also jacking your heart rate. Like you can do a lot in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
that's what I like doing. I feel best doing that. And I think things like the Spartan race, I completely unprepared in all aspects of that word. Like when we, we got up to the start line and you look around and these people with like changes of shoes and camelbacks and their full garment and full like knee sleeves. And yeah. I show up in my running shoes, like no water, no gels. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that mindset helps me because you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? I don't overthink it and I don't get too fired up about it, but I'm also different in terms of my level of competitiveness. Like I'm competitive most with myself. Yeah. Not with other people. It fires me up to see people working hard, but I'm not like, I need to be better than that person or I'm going to beat that person. Like so it's what, more about me not quitting and me feeling good about how I performed just like on a day-to-day basis. So going into something like that, sure. I could have brought water with me, but I don't, you don't really need you know, a huge nutritional supplement plan for a Spartan race. Like there's people that were completely loaded up with stuff and to each their own. That's fine. Yeah. That's just not my approach. And I approach pretty much everything with a bit of humor. So that's how I made it through. Yeah. That's cool. The, the humor piece is really interesting because I think in terms of competition, I don't think I tap into that very easily or well, it's one thing when we're like you, you guys and me are training, but like, I tend to go off on my own and get pretty serious. And, uh, I think there's a lot of good space for humor in competition. I think it's like a nice kind of like untapped thing for me. Um, I think if I was to, I I've been thinking about this a lot and I think a really good example is using the echo bike, which is over here where I'm pointing because you can sort of pick an intensity and a duration and see where you're best at. And I think certainly it's not like power bursts right i don't think it's like power and i can remember that in training like i wasn't the strongest guy or anywhere close to the strongest person there was always people that were stronger than me and then the short bursts like the we'll call it like the one to five minute i still find that pretty uncomfortable like close to the you know the 1k ski like that takes that i get like major jitters doing that kind of thing which You're is good. Good, at it. pretty good, but not, I think I'm better when I can sort of chill a little bit and rely on, I don't know what it is, the self-talk or whatever. I wouldn't say I'm world-class at anything, but I think that's probably the better where I'm like, where, where, where I can sort of like laugh at myself to like, see that I won't fall off doing something. So maybe like the 45 minute to beyond. I don't know. That's, well, that's like when where, you did what a thousand burpees for a workout or yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that where it's like, there's certain, there's definitely hard, like there's no way I'm just laughing the whole time being like, that was easy, but like, you know, you're just on your own and there's no, you're just like what you said, Alex, you're like, there's other people around sometimes and that's awesome. But like, you're just, you're in your own space. I, I'm just kind of laughing at myself because I know I can do this stuff. I honestly do laugh at myself most of the time. Like I'll be running and it sucks and I'm literally laughing. So I'm like, you're doing this to yourself. Like it, people say it all the time. They're like, but you're laughing on the treadmill because <laughs> it sucks so much. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. They're like, why do you do it? I don't know. It feels good after. Help. Oh. Yeah, there's lots of benefits. I wanted to see if those guys wanted to jump in on the podcast. Too. Yeah, we should have got their input. Shit. 
heavy on the mask. Where do you think you'd be? Oh, yeah. It'd be muffled with the mask, or it could be a good filter. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a workout coming up tonight. I literally just did a, a an arm workout in the laundry room here. But I have a workout tonight with that guy I mentioned who's uh, training for that elite Spartan. So I met up with this guy to train. We had a good training session. It was like light. It was a recovery day for him. And I, we were just getting to know each other. We trained in his garage. It was great. It's cool. And then the next time I met up, I think I told one of you guys this. So he was like, you want to come out to, uh, there's a middle school with like, you know, good area to run. And there's like some good obstacles and stuff. I'm like, Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. And then I meet up and this guy has a coat. I told you, right, Alex? He's got, he has a co-fit hat on KO. And I was like, sort of just like eyeing him up. I'm like, who's this guy kind of thing. And it turns out he's going for ruck selection and he's 55 and he's just probably just unrelentless, like relentlessly fucking mentally tough. And he did, what did he do? He's done a bunch of long, uh, like three day expedition events, like this real long gritty shit. And then, so I met him second. I'm like, okay, this guy's definitely for real. He's fucking, you know, 25 years older than me, close to it. I think I did the math right there. And then the next guy that shows up is this kind of little guy, but he's 50. He doesn't look anywhere close to 50. Like none of these guys look anywhere close to their age, really. And he owns a, an obstacle course gym. So I was like, this guy, so he was giving me tips on like parkour. And I was like, oh, I've never like, like there's a, there's a wall there At, on the playground. There's a wall. And I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome to train for. Like, where are you going to have access to a wall? You can jump over. That's nine feet. So we were doing that for fun. He was like giving me parkour little like tricks and stuff like that. But it was really interesting. And then in the conversation after we finished this workout, I'm like toast because it was, it was about 5k of running and I haven't done 5k of running in like over eight months. Like I've only run a couple times in the last eight months and I've been training like bodybuilding. So just, I just felt like I wasn't able to really sustain much of a pace at all. Like I felt like a bodybuilder essentially. And, uh, the conversation after we we're just getting to know each other and that, and the guy goes, yeah, like I'm going to do the, uh, uh, one of the trail systems here in like a, I don't know, a couple of weeks, if, if anyone wants to join me, I'm like, Oh, right on. Like, what's the distance? He's like, it's 47 K a trail. I'm like, Oh, right on. I'm like, I've done that once in a race that I trained for. So I'm just like, these are the, this is the kind of shit that these guys are doing for fun on weekends. Yeah. It's nuts. It's good I mean, to know these people. I respect people that do that. Physically. I can't do that. I mean, I could, if I compromise other things or change up my approach, but it's awesome to see that people are at that age and still maintaining that level of fitness. I love that. I get, I get motivated from, you know, people our age and younger that are jacked, but I get so much more motivated from someone that's like 60. That's like pretty fit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's so much fucking harder to do. Yeah. I ran a 5k a few years ago for a fundraiser. And I think it was right when I first started running and I was like, okay, I can do a 5k. And I got a little competitive with myself with it. I was just trying to get a pretty good time. And I got absolutely smoked by a 75 year old, like smoked. <laughs> And afterwards, he's like, what were your splits? I'm like, my what? Because I didn't know a whole lot about running. <laughs> he, yeah, he's like, oh, you were doing pretty good out there. He's like, couldn't catch up to me, though. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, I couldn't. 
not even close, like five minutes. Maybe. You're darn tuned and I couldn't. Good for him. Like that's impressive <laughs> to be able to run. I think he's a sub 20 at 75 years old. Wow, that is good. I did a podcast with uh, Peter Drisdale. Do you guys know him? He's a Cairo in town, in yeah. your town. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a really fast runner. Like not world elite, but he was training for a sub 18 or an 18 minute 5k. Wow. And that is a real great, like that's a distance where it's a greasy, it's a grease wheel that, that uh, particular run. <laughs> You're frothing at the mouth at that speed. Like, that's crazy. I think frothing is a good word to describe that. I would be frothing. Anytime I've done a 5K time trial, like the last 10 minutes, I'm, I look like I'm dying. Yeah. I feel like you're dying. There's so much lactic acid everywhere. It's just awful. Yeah, that's a fucking hard run. RJ, I feel like you might not do too bad for that based on our thought about the, the distance. I mean, that's probably a little longer than what about a 1K? You should do a 1k run a 1k run or a one mile that's also a grease wheel well that's what that's what i'm trained for now is it yeah i i would like to do that six minute mile okay good you're back to that that one's hard yeah i tried to last year i got i did six i think 640 was where i was at last year when it was going well i'm gonna try again yeah that's a that's a that's a hard one, eh? It is. Like, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. No part of that feels good. No, but that's totally like a, you know, like fucking start the timer and like go. So that is like one of those situations where you might just be really good to just absolutely dominate the whole thing and like not worry about reserving energy too much, eh? Right. I think that's the only way that I'm going to be able to do like six minutes um yeah so we'll see it's wild that some people just like that's such an easy time for some people too like like not a lot of people obviously yeah it's well it's like the funny thing is i'm watching youtube videos on how to run a six minute mile (laughs) and like how to train for it and i find it funny because like the guy's like yeah you know just um do your training splits at a 613 pace and you'll be good to go (laughs) (laughs) how do you get there first (laughs) yeah dude i'm at eight minutes that's that's sort of like you teaching a beginner like how to pull a truck you're like you know just sort of hand over hand and let her go and it's like yeah but i'm pulling fucking twenty thousand pounds man but you have to like for me train i didn't train to do a six minute mile but i knew i wanted to do it and i thought maybe i'd be able to but i also run my like 400s and 800s at around that pace so it's just building on that slowly right and it's like if you go from zero to 100 and you think you're just going to be able to run that like you're joking yourself unless you're a really strong runner because it's not an easy thing totally. you have to give yourself time and your body and your system time to adapt it's not just mental when it comes to that like you have to have the energy system and the capacity to do that I think you're right. When it comes to like actual power output, I don't think like will is only a part of it. I think will comes in more with like long endurance stuff where it's just like, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. You can be as mentally tough as you want, but if you don't have the physical ability, like even your lung capacity to run a six minute mile, you're not going to be able to without training it. Yeah. I think that that's accurate. Mm -hmm. And for some, it might take longer, right? It's everyone's energy system is different and your training schedule and 
there's a lot of factors that come into it. Did you end up hitting a six minute mile? Yeah, I like I throw it in once in a while when I want, want to suffer a little bit. Uh, depending on like how much I've run that week, I try not to push it. But yeah, I do yeah. it. I would say like a few times a month. Is it hard for you? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. I would say it's more mentally hard at this point mm. than it is physically. I know I can physically do it, but it's about like the first two minutes are really hard for me. And then it gets a little bit easier hmm. once I get in a good rhythm with it and I can control my breathing. And if I'm only nasal breathing, it's good. Yeah. One thing that's really helped, uh, help like nasal breathing has been so helpful for me in, in training for things and just workouts. I don't know what this is from. Quick little um, up. Pardon? Quick little charge up. Charging something. <laughs> not much <laughs> not much actually yeah the nasal breathing piece has been really interesting and it's been extremely helpful as a tool i've been kind of working on this thing with with clients and it's more just like phrasing ideology because it's not changing anything but certainly there's like physical or like physiological adaptation when people are training for a run like as you're saying it's like cool we got to do these runs and we got to slowly progress and build you up physically but like breathing is such like an untapped thing for a lot of people, especially when they're like, Oh, nasal breathing. I didn't even know that was a difference. And it's like, yeah, there's a huge difference. And like, what I've, what I've kind of noticed, there's no, no studies that I've looked into exactly on this, but it's like, I, I, I'm kind of to the point where I feel like I can help. And like any of us from the same, using the same skill sets could like nasal breathing gear work practice with building CO2 tolerance, all this kind of stuff is like, I don't know, I want to say like arbitrarily, like a third of what endurance is. So there's like, there's a guy I have, a client I have, he's 260 and he runs long distance. So there's a good example of like, you can't tell by looking at someone because, you know, he's not Ethiopian. Um, and uh, believe it or not, no. <laughs> what do you have in a Starbucks? No, it's just water and my. <laughs> I had my first warm coffee. Did you? Where well, did you get that made? RJ made it for me. What a buddy. Anyway, with Jeff's specialty coffee maker that we all love. It's yeah, you know what's funny? I was literally thinking about that coffee maker this morning, probably just because I knew that you guys were coming on. And I was like, man, that there's something about that coffee maker. Something about that. It is good, eh? Yeah, it's really good. Um, my, my propane water is not comparing sucks that that kind of reminds me of a story i was um when i drove over here this is completely off topic at all to do with anything i was saying when i drove over here i was on the ferry from vancouver to uh victoria it's like an hour and a half right and uh everything was shut down because covid and i was like okay i was in the morning so i wanted to make a coffee and i was in the like the bottom of the ship with like outside of my car with my little fucking butane tank with the thing. And this guy's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm uh, I'm making a coffee, man. He's like, you can't do that in here. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I don't like, no one told me. He's like, things can blow up. And I was like, you guys should definitely have a sign then. <laughs> like put up no propane. <laughs> Yeah. Like don't, yeah. Like anything about that. Like I was, you know, fairly naive. Maybe that's a common thing to know that when it's 
I don't know. Well, I mean, the doors were shut. I don't know if it, I, I don't know if I'd say it was sealed. Well, I mean, you're not supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to be an outdoor thing, but. Yeah, well, it was an indoor coffee. Teach their own. <laughs> <laughs> Teach their own. Tend to try not to, you know, blow up uh, fairies, but yeah, he was, he was losing on me, but I just thought that there'd be a little bit more, uh, I don't know, signage for something like that. That could be something as simple as, you know, I'm making a coffee to like, you know, you just killed I mean, like 5,000 people. Most people don't carry around like a propane um, tank with them. It wasn't a propane tank, butane. Oh, like the mini little tiny things are like that big. You oh, a little... I thought you meant like the propane heated thing. That I gotcha. <laughs> you... That's a little aggressive. Like a full on fucking barbecue with a, a propane tank. Yeah. RJ, you saw the thing I bought. That's right. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I remember. now. That worked really well, by the way. Yeah, it's small. It's like a little little butane tank um you put a little pot on it with a handle it's nice i feel like that's yeah but it's still you're not gonna blow anything up with that thing yeah he i don't know if he had just watched the spooky movie the night before but he thought that i was looking to kill a lot of people you should do that when i'm out there take the ferry and (laughs) anyone want a coffee yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, the ferry is kind of expensive to bring a vehicle on too. So mm-hmm. another story about that. So my aunt was helping me because um, I'd never booked the ferry with a vehicle. So you have to do that ahead of time. And uh, I had my SUV and the trailer on. So like decently long. And uh, she was on the app putting in the dimensions of the vehicle. And she was putting in the length as the height. So I didn't notice this because she's like, how is it not letting you on with this? I'm like, she's like, how long is it? So I went out to the parking lot with a measuring, like a measuring tape. And I was like, I don't know. It's only 32 feet. I'm like, how the hell are so many people getting on? Like transports get on there all the time. And they're not letting me on there. We were on there for like two hours trying to figure this out. (laughs) And she's like, I just don't get why they wouldn't let you on. I'm like, that makes no sense. I mean, like, yeah, like literally tons of transport trucks are on there that are like 80 feet long. And then she realized, she's like, I put it as the height. And I was like, <laughs> well, that makes tons of sense that they wouldn't let a fucking crane, a tower crane on it. I was going to say, like a bit of a crane on board. <laughs> I just got to bring my crane on the ferry. Well, you know, that's like 70 feet above regulation. So I was talking about, um, yeah, endurance and this untapped kind of potential. Uh, I don't know. You guys can jump in if you want on this, but I feel like people clients have been able to improve their endurance really quickly by just regulating their breath and, and learning to use breathing gears like a transmission in a car. It's been really helpful. And it's also great because then you don't have to wear a watch and you don't have to rely on like metrics, which is already really challenging when you do something like you guys did. Like how do you regulate a pace when you're running uphill, downhill burpees? Like you're like, like your pace is like all over the place. Right. So it'd be pretty much impossible to regulate a pace unless you had, I don't know. Did you, did you guys wear watches? Did you look at your watch as much? I didn't look at it a whole lot. I was trying to focus more on breathing. Like I have a pretty good read on what my heart rate is at based Mm -hmm. on how I'm feeling and how I'm breathing. So I could tell, um, I would check it once in a while just to see like distance wise where we were. Um, but I didn't pay attention to what it was telling me my heart rate was. I was pretty well aware that it was very high most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Reg? Did you wear it? Yeah, 
I, I don't guess remember. you did to check your heart rate. Pardon me? I guess you did to check your heart rate, but did you use it for anything else? Well, it was it was looking at the average afterwards. So that I don't recall looking at it for my heart rate a whole lot. I do remember looking at it and it said that the <laughs> I think it was like it was only about 700 meters into the race when we started the, the climb for the under the barbed wire. And I was like, oh, my God. And then it was 3.75 kilometers. And I looked at it at that distance. I'm like, I don't, that was the first time I didn't think I was going to make it. I was like, I wish I had done the 5k. I told him to have a gel like four minutes in. <laughs> oh yeah. you. <laughs> have a gel. Where's my carbs? Fuck. I was trying to like encourage. It's funny because you're in a, like, when you're in a competitive setting, encouragement often feels like the opposite of that. Sometimes I think. Yeah, you're like, uh, fuck off. <laughs> right. So I'm like, let's go, RJ. But then it sometimes it I felt like it, the tone of it was coming across like, come on, RJ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like keep clarifying, like, we got this, we're good. I'm like, just don't overthink it. Whereas like, we were saying, like, if you were doing it, you would have been gone. Oh yeah. Uh, who okay, knows? So, uh, you get so like in your own zone, which is fine when you train. And I think everyone who knows you well knows that. So it's like at some point you just sort of click off from everybody else and do your own thing. And I feel like that would have happened pretty quickly in something like that. Yeah. Unless I'm with someone that's like pushing me and then I'm sort of just right behind them or something. Right. Yeah. Like anytime I did runs with John, I like eventually as I got better at running, I would pretty much just like stay behind him and try to just get in his head. <laughs> he honestly, I still have not ever done a run with him he tried to get me to run with him at first and that's when I first started doing a little bit more distance and then he would see like my half marathon or 10k he's like see you're ready to go I'm like I'm I don't think I'll ever be ready so no <laughs> uh, you you're on Strava aren't you or are both of you guys using that yeah. a bit yeah how is he uh I know he's in London now but have you ever seen any of his times or anything he he wasn't doing a whole lot of running for quite a while I don't think he was doing other kind of training in his challenge um, yeah. But anytime he would go out for a run, it would be like ridiculous out of yeah. like two months off. And then he'd go do a 20 K at like four eighteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'd be like, Oh, how'd that feel? He's like, Oh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, the more I've done training and like, you guys know what training I've done. So it's not super extensive. It's like there's a lot of variety, but I think the hardest shit to train for, for me is just the longer, the longer it is, I think. So like for, with a guy like him, who's done like, you know, quite a few nine hour events, I think that really helps. And you go to do something that's still endurance or still aerobic, but way shorter. And it's just like, cool. I just have to be on for last time. Mm -hmm. That's my theory. I don't, I don't know. There's lots of things to it, but I agree. It's funny. It's like perspective, right? It's you build on things. So for me, like a 5k, I used to run 25k a week and thought that that was quite a bit, like that was pretty substantial. And now if I run a 5k, I feel like it's not, I don't want to say not challenging, but not at all the volume that I typically do. So it feels mm -hmm. different now, right? So yeah, for him, it's like he did endurance for so long. So anything shorter than that is going to feel a lot easier. Much yeah. Like life yeah there's even the guy in our uh in the committee for the 24 hour uh race that we did uh ian adamson who's uh, probably in his late 50s now or 
he, he might be six. I don't know. He's around there. And like, he's just been doing in like high level endurance training long enough that he doesn't train anymore. He just races. Cause like he, he, yeah. Like, which is interesting, right? When you have that much of a base, it's like, what is training going to do? I guess. Like, I don't know. I think there's, there's gotta be ways you could have, that's unless like, unless you're using competitions as you're training up to like a specific competition to be like, you know what I mean? Like different kind of structuring them differently, but I, I can't imagine there wouldn't be a benefit to, to training in addition to that, but that's interesting. Yeah. You know what? He may train beyond that in different regard. I don't know, but I know he doesn't necessarily do. That's well, how he worded it anyway, or that's yeah. how I understood it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So I could imagine he would have to do, if you wanted to build his like aerobic base, he'd probably have to, he'd probably have to do quite a bit to do, to improve that. Whereas maybe physical strength or power would be a little bit easier for him to do. Cause it wouldn't take as right. much time either. Yeah. I don't really know, but his base was like, you know, multiple day. He, like when we did that 24 hour thing, they were asking some of these guys, cause they were actually elite athletes, right? Like I'm not, you guys knew me going in. I'm like pretty good at stuff, but not elite. And like they asked the guys that were on the committee, the other guys, and they asked Ian, how do you think you would have done in that? He's like, yeah, I would have got a hundred miles in 24 hours. Like I got 50 miles and like, I fell asleep like six times and like, could, like, you know, all the mental shit that I went through. So someone that's trained like that, that just has a good idea. And his, his idea of discomfort is probably like multiple days. So it's like, to your point, Alex, you just build on it, right? Like to some yeah. people, the thought of doing 20 burpees is like mind blowing. And then you do 10 and 20 and then you're doing hundred. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, if I, if I see 50 burpees in a workout, it's not going to destroy me mentally. Yeah. I also think it's interesting when people really overestimate their capacity for things. So for example, not that he wouldn't be able to do hundred miles. Like I completely have faith that he would, but once you're in that environment, which is completely different than any environment that you're used to training in, like, who knows how that impacts people, right? Yeah. I think that's kind of my, like why I get away with some of the things that I do is because I don't have that expectation. I'm well aware that different challenges present themselves and yeah, I love being humbled by things. I think that's a big part of it too. Mm but I know full well, I wouldn't be able to run hundred miles in 24 hours or 50 miles in 24 hours. Oh, you probably would, to be honest. It depends. I guess it depends on, depends in a dark box. It's pretty hard to know when you haven't been in one, but just, to, just to run that in 24 hours, for sure. You could like, that's not very good. It's not. I don't really like being in dark and closed spaces though, nor do I like running that much. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, your bedroom's a dark and closed space at night. It's pretty much just double that. Yeah. I'm not running though. That's the difference. eh? <laughs> That's the big difference. <laughs> You're not running. I need a lot of food and all my stuff. I need coffee. Yeah. It's, it's surprising. Like, um, like when you, an interesting thing about that is like, I had so much caffeine that day and I still fell asleep like constantly. And it's just like, caffeine doesn't overpower the sun like circadian rhythm is more powerful than whatever 
external things that we can put in our body. Yeah. Just kind of to a point of like what we all talk about when we're training clients. And it's like, these basic things are so fucking helpful. Get outside, get barefoot, um, have some water, try to eat decent. Like these things that are like super non-sexy to talk about because they're just the simple things that everyone already knows about. But it's like, they're not changing because they're still the most important things. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, just kind of circling back to the whole Spartan race topic and um, because, you know, whether, whether it's your clients or just people listening, like the Spartan race is something that has a great barrier to entry for people that are looking to challenge themselves and build their mindset with these like physical challenges. So I know that I kind of talked about how it, it, I thought it was miserable and stuff, but I do strongly like recommend that like, if somebody needs something to develop their mindset or to build grit or just build up some self-confidence that they can do more than they believe they can, I think it's actually really set up well to to offer that for a lot of people. Hmm. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Not, not that I'm, <laughs> that's the, the quick, the sponsor, the sponsor of the day is Spartan surprise. No, I'm just, but it's, uh, <laughs> they, paid, they paid me to say that. Right. <laughs> but because I do think like, yeah, they have, I thought that, I mean, I did feel encouraged by Alex. I didn't feel like it was like being forced along, but they also have a lot of people out on the course encouraging everyone too. And um, <laughs> mind you, I've seen that in most competitive settings, like even strongman, like there's the announcers and stuff. But yeah. um, I think that it's something that does help people <laughs> feel like that they can accomplish it. And, and because it's like, because it's sort of open-ended too, as long as you finish by 9 p.m., I mean, just keep, <laughs> keep, keep going kind of thing. Um, and you'll come out the other end feeling like you did achieve something pretty awesome. It's they were very encouraging. The guy at the wire was pretty funny. <laughs> He's like, don't be a pussy. <laughs> and it just reminded me of the guy from CanFit. You remember the boot camp guy? Never <laughs> get fired up! <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant something. Yeah. He's laughing, like trying to crawl under these things. And he's like, quit your laughing. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my God. Yeah, it was very encouraging. And I think what RJ said to you, like people, some people are motivated by having something to look forward to or something challenging coming up. Totally. The fact that you can do it with a team and have more of like a community environment type deal is cool. Like, so there's the really hardcore guys that were out there on their own and just zero regard for anybody, which is awesome. But there are also like quite a few groups and it's neat to see people like helping each other with the obstacles and, you know, waiting and encouraging their teammates. Not yeah. Really yeah. I guess there's kind of an extrinsic and intrinsic value to both, eh? Or yeah. the built, built into that race. Yeah. They do a good job with that. Mm-hmm. Is Tough Mudder still around? Quick question I, about that. I don't know like spartan like it's kind of i i imagine so but spartan seems to have really climbed to the top of the the obstacle course race rankings i or um yeah because i i usually anybody that was asking i described spartan race like a tough mutter 
um, now I don't know if scripts kind of flipped. Mm. Pretty much, pretty much the same thing, I think, aren't they? I don't think right. they have the long distance though. I don't think they have those options. They might. Right. I know I they think... don't have like the trail. Oh yeah. But then they also have like the world's toughest mutter, which is the 24 hour thing. Oh. Which I heard someone in Peterborough compete a long time ago, but who knows? We can wrap this up too. Yeah, that's why I wanted to put that up, you know, mention that too, just like um because yeah, it's sometimes people are intrinsically motivated from the get-go, but I think that a lot of the times, if you're at that starting point, even circling all the way back to adaptability in times of crisis with no power and stuff, like if you if you don't know what like square one is there, having something like this that you can look forward to as a challenge is is definitely one way to start to build more of that that grit, start to build more of the the growth mindset behind things. Yeah. And I'm going to finish with, unless you have anything you want to add in, Alex. No, I'm good. I'm just going to add in that people, I think, need to continue to do hard shit every day, even a little a little piece of something difficult, whether it's a cold shower or a workout or a journal prompt or something, something hard so that they can develop this, because I think it's pretty chronically low in people, this discipline and self-confidence and self-ability and reliability, all this kind of shite. Cold showers are kind of a non-negotiable for a lot of people right now, including myself. There you go. You have the option. Cold it is or don't shower. Yeah. Cold or don't shower. Cold or be smelly. I've done both. <laughs> thanks for uh, being on here, guys. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thanks for having us.